When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Kitchen Conversation. This is Crash Town. Boba J. We're coming at you here on Wednesday, June the 10th. Happy birthday, Mom. Today's Mama's birthday. And I've already called her talk. Okay, happy birthday. Happy birthday to anybody else that might have a birthday today that might be listening. If we know you, let me know. If we know you, let us know we know you. And you're listening. Uh, either leave a message. If you're listening to us on Freaker, go ahead and leave a message in the comment section about it or go over to our Facebook page Kitchen Conversation with Opening Crash let us know at today's birthday and if you want to go over and hit us up on Twitter that's at podcast underscore kitchen for Kitchen Conversations podcast let us know we will give you a holler and a shout out if you want here we are uh, another week removed the world is going absolutely insane still apparently the major league Baseball Players Association brought a proposal for an 89-game schedule to the league with prorated pay. So they're willing to take right. to not to, to take the, the the pay cut for the season to try to get at least some play in. Not entirely sure how I feel about that. I like the idea of an 89-game season or a shorter season as opposed to a longer one and a modified expanded playoff schedule was right. part of their deal. To you know, to give more options for the season, I guess basketball is going to be starting up here in the next month or so, I like mid July. So. so the NBA will be finishing out their season this year. I do have to make a correction that I said last week when we were talking about the Indianapolis Five Hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not August fifth; it's August twenty third. Yeah. <laughs> so my apologies on that one. I think the um. The Grand Prix races they started doing at the beginning of the month of May the last couple of years. I think it got moved. I think it's actually being moved to mid July. July fourth. They're going to do it the same. They're going to do it the same weekend that they're doing the Brickyard, but I think they're doing it on Saturday instead of Sunday. Uh, I don't know. How I, I that is the rumor. I'd have I to thought it was moved to July twenty third. Well, I it, thought it was moved to later in the month. We'll get investigative on that and check it out. My argument right now is. For all sports across the board, I got an interesting one for you, too. Why are we still not allowing fans? If you can gather in groups of 10,000 to protest, why can't I gather in a group of 10,000 to cheer on my favorite basketball team or my favorite baseball team or my favorite race car driver? So, Well, hell, until you get to the playoffs and the World Series, and unless you're a big market team, you hardly ever sell out anyway. So, Or unless you're playing a big market team. or So in a row of seats of... Four, put one guy in seat number one, rope off two and three, and put the next person, the next fan in four. Unless you come there with your immediate family. Then you can sit together. They've been saying that since this shit started. Yeah, which, it's all a bunch of crap. It's all a bunch of, yeah. it's all a bunch of hooey. 
we don't usually talk about satire news, but there's a website called Babylon Bee. Okay. They're, they're a satire news site. They had a fake article, and that's what that's all. That's what satire is. It's all fake. It's it's hyperbolic stuff. You know, it's the headline of the article was churchgoers dress as rioters to gather in prayer or something of that nature. Okay, which is a joke because it never happened, and the whole article is just you know way over the top. The funny thing is, you know what happened last? I want to say it was Saturday night. It's hard telling. Small little dirt track in northern North Carolina had 2,500 fans in the stands during their rally race. Like, it was probably, that's what the article said, rally race. And I'm thinking it was probably like World of Outlaws or Modifieds or something. All right. They were able to get in because they were protesting racism and police brutality. You got to be kidding me. Nope. That's exactly what the gathering for the racetrack said they were going to do. Remind me, <laughs> remind me when this show is over that as much as I don't want to spend the money on it, I am going to have to go buy me a new pair of boots for wading through all the bullshit that's going on in this country right now. Well, that was that was really what exactly what it was. It was their way of saying "fuck you" to the governments who're saying I can't go out and gather to do what I want to do, but these Black Lives Matter protesters can gather and do what they want to do without fear of repercussion. Because pretty much across the board, in every major city, in every in every state, they are refusing to prosecute or arrest or do anything for gatherings of, specifically, Black Lives Matter. And protesters extend to rioters that have been arrested. New York City and Dallas, I think both, have released the people that were arrested on the nights of, on, on nights of their riots. I just thought that was a little bit of a funny little story that, you know... Life actually imitated satire to, you know, yeah. as a big fuck you to the government, um, which I think we need to do more. I mean, I've said as much as I don't like the guy, I've said over and over again that I think Trump has been doing a fairly good job, but he's losing ground, I think. And we're at a point where we as a people need to rise up and be as loud about how we feel as the intersectionalists and the leftist and the people that are saying that that are there out there marching now who are getting away with it because they're just louder. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know, but that was happening. And we are just a few days away from the bowling centers reopening here in central Indiana. Hey, I'm kind of excited to find out whether it's, whether tomorrow is going to be true tomorrow or, or not. Opening the uh, campgrounds in Kentucky. Uh-huh. And the, and the thing of it is on June 1st, this is what doesn't make any sense to me. Movie theaters were were allowed to reopen in Kentucky, even though they did have to do limited capacity. They were only allowed to do 33%. But you're still putting people in a building. When you're at a campground, you're either in your camper or you're outside. And you're not interacting with... I mean, yeah, there's interaction, but not in big groups. And, and when people drive by my camper and wave at us, they're on the road. I'm sitting in a lawn chair next to my camper. We're a good 12, 14 feet apart. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm anxiously awaiting that phone call tomorrow to find out if Governor Brashear's reopening of campgrounds is going to be allowed. I'm just thinking that you have a lot of people losing a lot of money because the campgrounds have not been allowed to reopen. 
Well, and campgrounds have opened in other states, and I actually saw a story on the news. It was either yesterday or this morning. I can't remember which. Right now, because of the COVID-19, RV sales are through the roof because nobody I, wants to stay in a hotel. I did see that. I did read that. <laughs> I, I saw that the other the other day also. I mean, I've wanted one for a while, but I can't justify it right now. If, even if I could fiscally afford it, I can't justify having one right now. Well, with, and with you, you're a single guy. If you just wanted it for a weekend getaway or something like that, or go a week's vacation or something, you really don't need anything that big. And the smaller means the cheaper. Yeah, but still, I would want an RV. Oh, a drivable one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Not just uh, because, honestly, first of all, I, if I were doing something like that, I would just get one of those pop-ups, pop-up trailers. You can pull that with the Cavalier. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, I could pull it with my Equinox. I would do something like that, but that's not something I would want to stay in for a week. That would be something like if I were on the move, if I were constantly going somewhere, well, like following something from point A to point B to point C, I would really just use it to stop and sleep with. Stop well, and, and having having a motor phone a uh, motor home has its advantages and disadvantages. Yeah, you can drive the damn thing anywhere you want to, theoretically. But then you see a lot of them going down the road because all right, you get to your campsite, you get all set up, you don't want to close everything up to drive that big bitch to the grocery store. <laughs> so you've got a little towable car behind your RV. Yeah, and <laughs> if I, so if I were to do something like that, I get like a Prius or something you like can that. Actually, pull that. Your Equinox. I wouldn't do that. You could do that. I wouldn't do that. Just because of how heavy it is. I would get something really small, really light and electric or hybrid probably to, you know, just for to, to lower my carbon footprint. While I don't think it's an immediate threat, like the next 10 to 12 years, I do feel that we as a society, that humanity is accelerating the cycle of global warming yeah. through for the planet. So I think that. If we start now, we can slow it, and by doing so, we need to start using, start recycling more, start using more modern, updated appliances in our homes, that type of thing, using either hybrid, electric, or, at the very least, flex fuel vehicles. Oh, okay, leave the appliances in my house out of this conversation. Oh, no, yeah, because they're like 427 years old. Um, they- that is not... Well, you know, that's a good one, but those over there and your furnace. But uh, We're actually doing that because it finally quit. I mean, it'll still, it'll still run, it'll still heat, but it don't cycle anymore. And, you know, it's been in the house since 1961. <laughs> it did its job. Well, I should say so. <laughs> Thing is, you put if you, can, if you put that in here, that's going to increase the resale value on this house probably 10% just by putting in a new furnace. Well, we're not just putting in a new furnace either. You're putting central air? Yep. Well, there you go. That's probably going to double the resale value on this house alone. I will look forward to that. And so long as we're doing this year, so will I. <laughs> yeah, because I'm sweating something bad, and it needs to be, if we're going to keep doing this here, it needs to stop. Something else that happened in, that's going on in sports. Roger Goodell, commissioner, the NFL commissioner, has a couple of years ago, maybe last year, came out and said something about uh, kneeling in protest during the playing of the National Anthem. And just here in the last couple of days, he has recanted on it, basically saying that we will support the protests. Okay. First of all, while I support anybody's right to protest, even if that means kneeling during the national anthem, 
even though I served the country, I served this country as a, in in the armed forces, and I will never kneel, irrespective, because that flag means too much to too many people. It is inappropriate, and I will continue to say this till the day I die, for the professionals on the field in a uniform of any type to do so. I would have to agree. Now, I completely support their right to protest, and I will call, but I also support my right to call them out for the way in which they choose to protest. Yeah, but at the same time, when it comes to professional athletes, when you're standing on the sidelines and they're displaying the colors, you are in your uniform for your job. That's that's what I'm saying. And okay, I also want to say this. I'm gonna. I don't know if I said this before on the show or not. So I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm going to. Re- and if I said it before, I'm reiterating it. Colin Kaepernick and his claim to be kneeling for racial injustice and police brutality was a crock of shit. Why Why do I say that? Because he didn't start kneeling or sitting, because he didn't actually start with a kneel. He started sitting for about three weeks, and then started saying this stuff. But he didn't start doing it until after he got benched. If he was okay. really, really, really focused on injustice and racial tensions and police brutality... He would have been doing it from day fucking one. It would have been a part of who he was. Just like Tim Tebow, who took a knee in prayer after a good play or a score or something of that nature. That's a part of who he was. And even if he had just started at the beginning of his second year or started doing it before he actually got... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Benched. You told, it's, it's, it's all about optics at that point. You look like a fucking crybaby. And you came up with an excuse so that people quit calling you a crybaby. That's why I have an issue with Kaepernick kneeling. Because there have been other players who've knelt in solidarity. And I think they honestly believe what they're, what they're, what they're kneeling for. And I completely support that. Colin Kaepernick, on the other hand, is full of shit. And he never really gave a shit. And there's so fucking much... Um, did you hear what happened? I think it was last night in the middle of the night in the state of Virginia. I think it was Virginia. Okay. They tore down the statue of Christopher Columbus, set it on fire, then threw it in a lake. I have not heard that yet. I saw the new, I saw it on, uh, Tim Pool's uh, first video this morning. And what the hell does that have to do with protesting? Because, uh, racial genocide, because them, the Europeans coming to the Americas, is what caused the death of so many natives. Even though Columbus never actually landed in the U.S., he spent all his time down in South America. Okay, are we just tearing shit up to tear shit up? Yes. 
that didn't have a damn thing to do with what's been going on. It all does. Because with leftists and the narrative that they're trying to push, it's never enough. It will never be enough. It will never be good. They keep they will keep moving the goalposts to push the narrative that they're trying to put to they're trying to sell. There's a quote from George Orwell's 1984. Every statue and street building has been renamed, every date has been altered, and the process is continuing day by day and minute by minute. History has been stopped. Nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. That's exactly what we're living right now. Oh, yeah. The party, meaning the left, it doesn't matter what you do for them, what you do to to, to try to alleviate their concerns, it will never be enough. They will change the story from what happened. And that's what they're trying to do with taking down the statues, with removing any notion of what's happened in the past. Those who forget the past are doomed to repeat it. It's a, it's a, it's become cliche, but it is also a total fact. I would a fact that we're seeing right now. Yeah, it's 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 going to get worse before it gets better. I think. I don't support the organization of Black Lives Matter. I support the idea behind the organization. I say I don't support them because if Black Lives truly mattered, why doesn't Brian Leith, the Indiana Indianapolis? a metropolitan police officer who was killed in the line of duty a couple weeks ago who happened to be, who was black and left behind a four or five year old daughter at the same time. Why isn't David Dorn, the uh, former captain from the St. Louis police department. Why hasn't he been talked about? Why hasn't he been mentioned? What about Chris Beatty, the former Indian university football player who was a business leader and community activist here in the city of Indianapolis, why hasn't his death been talked about nationwide? Why haven't they supported these people? No They're, idea. It's because they don't fit their narrative. Until their narrative becomes legitimized by recognizing that all black lives matter, not the just the black lives of these people who have questionable, questionable pasts. And I'm not condoning the death of any of these people. Ahmaud Aubrey and George Floyd and Trajan Reed. I'm not condemning their. I'm not condemning the attack on them at all. It, it's heinous. They one of the major tenets that the U.S. is built off of is the right to due process in a court by a jury of your peers. When they were killed, they were denied that particular right, that basic yeah. human right that's laid out in the Constitution of the United States. That's a protected by the Constitution of the United States. That is not granted to you by the government. That is supposed to be protected under law by the government granted to you by your higher power. Back then it was called God. Today it could be called whatever the fuck you want them to be. Mine happens to be the Jedi Temple. Um, but <laughs> booga, booga. So it, it comes down to, you know it's getting really bad. Did you know they canceled cops? I Actually, I did hear that on this morning on the morning news this morning. I don't care because I never really liked the show. But it's been a mainstay on Fox for 38 years. And they don't know if that new one called Live PD is going to stay on the air or not, because since all this has been going on, they have not aired anything. There's actually been a movement to remove, to take all cop shows off of TV. All cops that glorify and support the police are, supposed, are they're trying to get taken off of TV. That would suck. They did it to the Dukes of Hazard because the General Lee had a picture of the Confederate flag on its roof. It is no longer on television anywhere, and you can't find it. Yeah, because Walmart took them out of their stores, and they used to sell the box sets. Mm-hmm. 
So I actually have seasons one, two, and three. So wait, you're going to come into my camper and take them out of my camper and throw them in my fire pit? They're going to try. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, they will. Good fucking luck with that. That's that's the next step, is to come into your house and take anything that they find offensive away from you. But HBO, and uh, granted, some of this is stuff we usually talk about on the Geekdom, but this is also poignant, relevant to this particular show, and we might actually have kind of a short show today. HBO has developed their own streaming service called HBO Max. Yep, seen that. Got a whole lot of praise and a whole lot of support when they announced that they would be releasing the Snyder Cut, the Zack Snyder's Cut of the Justice League movie that came out a few years ago. That's, for the last year and a half, people have been going crazy for it and want it. It's been a very loud movement in nerd circles. HBO Max announced that they were going to go ahead and air the, show the Snyder Cut. Then a couple of days ago, they announced that they're also going to do a reboot for Looney Tunes. Oh, I heard about this. And Elmer Fudd will not have a gun. Or Yosemite Sam. Or Yosemite Sam. Which, first of all, Yosemite Sam being from the wild, wild west, not having a gun is the stupidest fucking thing ever. Elmer Fudd not having a gun being a hunter who is, quote-unquote, hunting wabbits. He's probably also going to lose the lisp. The, the, the speech impediment. Because mm. it's, I don't know. Which I think is stupid. These were all, these were all character traits of these characters. They weren't making fun. They were just this character traits. And so they caught some backlash for that. Going to catch more, I think, especially since they announced that they, they will not be showing Gone with the Wind on their service now. You have got to be shitting me. Nope. Gone with the Wind will not be air, will not be posted on the HBO Max streaming service because of the content matter and the fact that, you know, it's the South and it's talking about slavery and all that. Wow. You know what the problem with that is? What the biggest problem about that is? I am very much trying to bite my tongue right now. Well, no, go ahead, because I'll tell you what the biggest problem about it is. But what's, what's the issue that you're having? That was a very well-portrayed movie of how the South used to be. Done by an extraordinary cast. It turned into an American classic. And it became as famous as the movie Roots. And I bet they won't take that off the air. You are correct. They will not. Here's the biggest issue that you're going to have with the removal. If you are not allowed to watch that movie now, if the streaming service will not show that movie now, they're not going to get to see the first African-American person, let alone African-American woman, to receive an Oscars performance. Absolutely. Haley, what's a hitty, hitty, hitty? I, I can't remember. And that is, I, I've seen that movie more times than I can count. That's the real issue. And again, if your issue is pushing the idea of equality and pushing the idea that black lives matter and pushing the idea that there is an oppression, why do you want a movie that, yes, is mired in the idea, it is mired in the idea of oppression being set in the South uh, primarily amidst the Civil War, the 1860s. Why do you want it removed when it had the one of the most compelling performances by any black woman on screen ever? I, I would have to agree, which that means the first movie I'm going to watch when I get to my camper is going to be Gone with the Wind, because <laughs> I have the collector set DVD. 
it's an iconic movie. And this, now mind you, when was that movie made? 39 or some shit like yes. that? It was made the same year as Wizard of Oz. For a black woman, for a woman or a black person, let alone a black woman, to have been awarded an Oscar at all in 1939 is fucking amazing. Yep. You want to talk about progressivism. You want to talk about breaking the mold, breaking through the glass ceiling, whatever you want to call it. There's your proof that it happens. There's your proof that you should build your entire argument off of. Why haven't more women? Why haven't more blacks? Why haven't more people, persons of color, gotten their Oscars for their performances? Don't know. No, that's, that's the argument they should be making. It happened in 1939. Why aren't there more now? If you want to, if you want to make a uh, an argument for systemic racism in the academy, it starts right there. Right there is the starting point for your argument. I, I because that was a, that was about the time they also stopped doing blackface, where they had white actors painted color. Yes, for to to portray bl- uh, black roles. So, and actually, I think it was a few years before that. But I mean. That is all steps in this chain that you're trying, or all links in this chain that you're trying to put together. Use that in a movie that is a, that is stoked in, in the the concepts of slavery and the destruction of that particular industry. And let's face it, the slave trade was an industry. I can I can mention another movie came out in the '60s, and we all know what the '60s were like. Yes, Academy Award winner Sidney Poitier. Um, in the movie In, in the, the Heat, heat of, the of the Night, night which was set in Mississippi where there was racial bigotry and he was a cop. At the center. Oh. Uh, I mean, yeah. Jim Crow laws were like the biggest. I mean, that was what it was all. I mean, it wasn't focused on the fact of Jim Crow laws, but it was it was talking. It was talking very heavily about the segregated South. Yes. And you here know, you've got a black police officer from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, who originally gets arrested at the beginning of the movie, and then when they find out he's a cop... <laughs> because he's a black man. It was He was a black man in a town he didn't belong in. And then he solved a murder in Sparta, Mississippi. Excellent fucking movie. It was a good movie. They'll, and, probably, they'll probably quit showing that just because of the the and, cliches and, that are in that movie. And, and, let's not, and let's not brush aside Poitier's performance. Oh my god. And... Or, and he was phenomenal in that movie. I mean, that launched his. I mean, it launched his career. It put him on everybody's radar, on everybody's map. Or let me rephrase it: catapulted his career. I think he did. I, I'd have to look up the years on it, but I think he did. It was a play that I actually read in high school that they made into a movie, or a movie that they made into a play. One of the two, because I read it in high school, and the movie was black and white, and in the heat of the night was color. So, a raisin in the sun may have come out. Before in the heat of the night, I think it did. I think it did. But I think it was released was a, in like fifty. That was a captivating performance because I, not only have I read the play, after we read the play, we watched the movie. Yeah, my teacher brought the movie in and we watched it. Amazing performance. Again, I don't fault people for trying to put for trying to point out police brutality, and in the last couple of years, it's become more. I've always been a supporter of the police, and I'm still a supporter of the police. As a whole, as a concept. But there does need to be reform. And I don't think it's just within the police departments. I think that's criminal justice reform from top to bottom. 
overhaul. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus all of the judicial system as a whole the penal the penal System, the whole nine yards. There needs to be so much work done to the entire, to the entire structure, to the infrastructure of these particular, uh, the system, the entire infrastructure of the of the criminal justice system. That, and I think we're way past due for it. I don't. I don't. They kept putting patches on brakes for the system that was not designed to look to have the situations they were having now. They're not designed to look at three and a half million people or. Uh, 325 million people living in the country, not designed to have um, cities where you have three and a half or four million people. You know, I, okay. so I think there because if you go to small towns and you run, a, I mean, it's officer friendly. The cops know the people. The people know the cops. They sit, they have lunch and, you know, go out for a beer after they're off duty or it's the Andy Griffith show. It's the Andy Griffith <laughs> show. You still have that in a lot of smaller towns in, in, in middle America. And even in, in, in your, in middle America, I'm talking about like middle-class America, but in your cities, you don't get that so much. And I just think it has to do with, and I'm actually going to say something that is going against the narrative right now. I think they need to expand the police force and do more community outreach within the police force and have the cops, on their beats, knowing the people that they're going to be talking with. That's not a bad idea. You know, so, and right now you have, like, New York City's got three and a half million people and 35,000 cops. Not, it doesn't have that many people or cops anymore, but at its height, it had three and a half million people and 35,000 cops. They should probably have 300,000 cops for 300 million people, or for 3 million people. So that the 10, those 10% of cops have more community connection to the people that are there. And that's kind of what they're talking about doing with the defunding police or the dismantling of the police department, particularly in Minneapolis, which is going to happen. There's a veto-proof majority from the city county council or from the town council that they're going to dismantle the police department in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and go to a community policing concept. And I don't think that'll work. To me, that sounds like wiping your ass before you take a shit. It is, but then you're getting away from the law, and you're going to be policing with your feelings. And well, you're going to have more of the same, more of the same. It sounds like vigilante justice. The difference being is this is going to be sanctioned by the local governments. This is going to be sanctioned by the city of Minneapolis, whereas vigilante justice is just lawlessness. I'm sorry. Vigilantes are not Batman. I don't see us dismantling police departments all across the country. I do. I see it as Why don't we go back to the U.S. Marshal Service? U.S. Marshal Service is still there. Their charter is just different. 
And you've always had policing, I mean, since 18, I want to say 1870. I think it was 1870 when the NYPD, when the New York Police Department was founded in the wake of the Civil War. All right. So, and in all, and, and that's why so many cops are Irish. I did know that, especially with the NYPD. So many cops are Irish because that they were the only people who would take the job. White folk, and at that point, black folk, they kind of didn't want black folks because they were still thought to be not the brightest, not the most educated, not the most well-trainable, not the most trainable for anything that actually comes to thinking, and which has proven to be very wrong. Oh, I can point out very many things that are wrong with that. <laughs> which has proven to be very, very wrong. I mean, there, as far as policing goes, there are a lot of great cops that come from uh, ethnic backgrounds of African-American descent, uh, Asian-American descent, and wherever the hell else you might think of. None of the white people who were in a position to do it wanted it because they could get better jobs doing other things than actually just being a police officer. Because nobody, I mean, even back then, nobody really liked the cops. They wanted, they thought it was an impingement on their freedoms. And up until a certain point, uh, from a certain perspective, it is. But what it amounts to, and this is, you know, can be taken, should be taken to heart by the protesters in Black Lives Matter and Antifa, who, all these people who want to dismantle these, what? Due process and equality under the law does not mean that you get to make the rules harder for me now. It means you should go through the process to making them better for you, not just flipping the script. And Terry Crews said it the other day in a tweet that, I'm going to paraphrase what he said. Black supremacy is as bad as white supremacy. I got to have to go along with that. So, in in it comes down to the extremist ideologies are becoming more and more prevalent, and it's becoming more and more scary. Especially when you see our leaders, the Democrats, when the in the House and Senate come into the Capitol building and kneel in the rotunda for eight minutes and forty seven seconds. Yeah. While wearing the African scarves. I forget what they're called, and I apologize for that. Not that I have a problem with them doing their solidarity, but Black Lives Matter and a lot of these movements are becoming cultist religions. And another one of the major tenets, or probably the single most sought-after tenet of the First Amendment is, or not the First Amendment, but of the Constitution, is a separation of church and state. And it's, it, the, it's written so as that the state cannot impinge upon the freedom of religion. But it also means that the religion cannot run the state. And when you're getting to the point where you're saying that your leftist idea is good and we support it, you're not supporting their movement, you're wrong, you're getting in trouble for it. You are getting to a point of very, very murky waters that could be very, very bad for freedoms across the country. And you're setting a bad, a bad precedent for the rest of the world because Hong Kong started pr uh, protests again for uh, pro democracy and pro freedom, like they did six months ago before the COVID hit. So, and what are these other nations going to think when they see America falling to these authoritative regimes that they're living under right now in these other nations that they're trying to fight against? I watched a documentary for the first time yesterday because I told you I told you before we started the show I've been watching mm -hmm. on demand stuff on the History Channel. It was called D Day: The Untold Stories. I recommend anybody 
African-American, white, Asian. I recommend all of you watch it because you want to talk about unification between people. You had black regiments in the in the army in World War II. You had Japanese Americans that fought for the American side in World War II. Fact is, one Japanese unit was the most was was one of the most decorated units that come out of World War II, fighting along with the white guys. Everybody fought together. Nobody, and that was before the damn civil rights movement. See, and here's did you know that you've heard me talk about Antifa. Yeah. And how they say they're anti-fascist. What, they, what they're not telling you is the original Antifa, the original anti-fascist organization, was the anti-fascist communist party in Germany that Hitler stomped out before he took power in 1936. Uh, part of the documentary, I mean, they, they were actually doing interviews with survivors of D-Day. They're still alive today. Mm-hmm. Or whenever that was recorded. Yeah, and... There was two or three different black guys on there that were actually officers. This when the shit hit the fan, black, white, Japanese didn't matter. No, <laughs> and he he said after the war, he said I lost, I lost some damn good white people that chokes me up to talk about to this day. He said, but I lost. I he said all of them, the blacks, the whites, the Japanese. We weren't racist. We were brothers. All they saw was their green. Yes. That's all they saw was and the green. Now, you want to talk about unification. You don't get much better than that. You know, there's this meme that's been going around Facebook, and since you don't have a computer that you use because it yells at you. Um, <laughs> yes, it does. And it's it's D-Day. It's it's that, that iconic video of the ramp dropping and the Marines running out to storm Normandy. It's a still from that shot, from that from that video, and it's, and it's titled "The Original Anti-Fascists." No, no, they weren't anti-fascists; they were pro-freedom. Well, <laughs> because the anti the anti-fascist Antifa, the Antifa the the anti-fascist Communist Party or Communist regime was not about freedom. Antifa today that we keep, that you keep hearing about in the news is not a pro-freedom organization. They are a we're right, you're wrong organization. That's fascism. Well, I mean, that being said, the non-white units, they did not get treated fairly when they came home from the war. That, that's a given. And they should have. Because all the African-American people today, they ought to look back on that. They were fighting for your freedom, too. And the bigwigs in Washington thought it was a joke to put African-Americans in the army in the first place, and they went over to Germany and kicked some ass. <laughs> um, God, what the hell's his name? You would know because you're a World War II Navy guy better, more so than I am. Pearl Harbor, the black, the the cook that ended up manning the... the oh, hell. He ended up getting the, the Medal of Honor and the Navy Cross and all kinds of other awards for stepping up and doing what needed to be done. Yeah, and he was a damn cook. Yep. And when all hell broke loose... He stepped up. He stepped up. There was a scene in that movie. I don't know how much truth there is to it, but there was a scene in that movie. The character was played by Cuba Gooding Jr. Yes, and he and he was talking to the nurse after a boxing match, which boxing was on U.S. naval ships on, on your time off and shit. Yeah. Well, and he had a cut over his eye, and he looked at the nurse and he said, 
They won't even let me fire a gun. I clean up after people eat. And she said, well, hopefully you'll never have to. And by God, he stepped up that machine gun and opened loose on Japanese heroes. And according, and according to the movie, he took out two. Yes. So whether or not he did or not, I don't know. But, but, he, but he, 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 he manned the post and did what he needed to do. And the African-American people, even when there was actual racism, when there was actual segregation, when they weren't allowed to be people and they were still relegated to to the separate but equal and were still viewed by many, many people as a lesser human. The Tuskegee Airmen, which you are fond of oh mentioning, and, and uh, rightly so. I mean, some of the best pilots to come out of World War II. And I'm going to tell you, if you want to watch a movie about the Tuskegee Airmen, watch the Tuskegee Airmen. It's so much better than Red Tails. I've got them both. I own both of them. Red Tails is garbage compared to Tuskegee Airmen. Tuskegee Airmen actually shows the personal hell that each one of those pilots went through to get their wings before they went to war. And then Eleanor Roosevelt saved the day when she looked at that white colonel and said, it's a good day for an airplane ride. Uh, Lieutenant, take her up in that train row there. What's wrong with him? Pointing at one of the Tuskegee fires. Well, here's here's a here's something a lot of people don't know. Rose, the Roosevelts, Eleanor Roosevelt and um, FDR, were very progressive for their for their era. I mean, they were. I mean, they had to be very careful what they did, but they were slowly, and they actually began the government shift towards what we see in 1964 after the King movement. And the in the initiation in the initiation of the Civil Rights Act that all started back in the forties, thirties under Roosevelt. Yep. So I have to agree with that. You know, because Roosevelt was the first that I know of. I haven't read anything that states otherwise, but he was the first president of the United States who came out and said, "It's not your it's not your fault all the time if you don't make something of yourself in this country, but if you are handed a weaker deck." That just means you have to work harder because he was born with polio and he was born a cripple. Yeah. And he becomes a president of the United States and he knew how hard it was to get up when he couldn't stand up. And he saw the black people going through similar from from a different perspective, but going through similar thing, being held down and having a hard time getting up. He saw that and he knew it was coming, but he also knew that it was going to have to be a much slower pace to move this and to get everybody on board with the concept of equality. And I, I would argue that at least in some measures in 64, when the civil rights act went into effect, we kind of sat back and rested on our laurels yeah, and just assumed that it was all right. And I, I mean, there is still, there's inequity because the civil rights act mean the civil rights act means that everybody has the same opportunities, irrespective of race, color, sexual orientation and all that. And more recently, the sexual orientation aspect has become much more a forefront in, yeah. in, in the Civil Rights Act. But the Civil Rights Act replies to them also. As much as it was black rights era that they were talking about, it's still, a, I mean, the, the, the concept of the Civil Rights Act applies to them, applies to transgender people, it tries to homosexual people. You know, women did it first with suffrage back in the 20s. Yeah. I mean, there have been a lot of movement, and, and it is it is a slow process, because we as humans don't like change. Well, it, and if we can't see the change, we don't fight the change. Now, see, I feel, 
I mean, maybe it's just me. I feel like, you know, after what we went through in World War II and then what we went through in the 60s and then things started getting better and getting better, I think we've just taken two steps backwards. After a fashion? I would say we have. And I think that's happened in the last 15 years. I think people like Al Sharpton and Barack Obama are responsible for it. By constantly saying that, by constantly pointing out that, or I shouldn't even say pointing out because they weren't really pointing anything out. They were, they were stoking the fires that were already in the lower class in general, but the lower class black people, the lower class and the lower middle class African American community to, 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 to rise up. And it came from them. Jesse Jackson came out like two weeks ago and said that Barack Obama was bad for the civil rights movement. Just, I'm going to throw this comment out there, and now I'm going to let you run with it, because you've got the more political lingo than I do. What's going on in today's society, in my opinion, and this is just good I would old, love to have specs out here as part of this. Good old boys, stupid-ass Brimkin, back hills of Kentucky. Everything that's going on today goes against everything that Martin Luther King and the Tuskegee Airmen stood and fought for. Yes. I mean, there's there's no other way to put it. That's exactly what's going on. And it's it's all predicated on the idealism that Barack Obama and Al Sharpton perpetrated on the American people. Yeah. Well, I want to I want to add to that real quick. I don't want to just recognize the Tuskegee Airmen. Every African American soldier that fought for this country in World War II. Everything they stood for and everything Martin Luther King has stood for in the last few years has just been thrown right out the window. World War II. I mean, I mean go, actually, we go back further than that. The Af- the black regiments in the Civil War. Which, that doesn't get talked about. Because I think there was two. I think there were two all-black regiments in, in the Civil War. But it goes back to... This is another cliche that is, gets put out there all the time. Be the change you want to see. I like that. And by... By protesting, you get acknowledged. Now do something about it. Something that I've always been told is if you have a problem, don't bitch about the problem. Acknowledge the problem and propose a solution. You're going to go along with that, too. All the Black Lives Matter people are doing is saying there's a problem. They're not proposing any solutions. And the solutions are being brought up to just get rid of the police, which is not a solution. Well, you like the catchphrase I came up with yesterday. Which was? Well. You come up with a lot of catchphrases. Well, you got what I say when it came to the Black Lives Matter movement. American lives matter. Okay, I'll go with that. I will go. I get behind that. And you're right. My biggest issue with the Black Lives Matter movement is they only address black people who have been killed by cops, particularly, quote unquote, white cops, which now, mind you, of the four cops that are involved in the George Floyd case, one of them is Asian. So, you know, just put that out there. But they perpetrate this whole, you know, it's white cops, but they don't say anything about their own neighborhoods. And I admit, I agree that there needs to be something done in in these lower income, predominantly black neighborhoods to get around this. Is it, I don't think there is a, there's wealth inequality in this country. There's no doubt about that. Well, I want to, I want to say something about about my phrase because I don't want people of 
that are here from foreign countries that think that I don't think their lives matter. What I'm the point I'm making with the American Lives Matter, we live here. We have to interact with each other every day. I mean, if you got people coming over here from I mean, yeah, Chinese lives matter, J- Japan, Europe, all the but <laughs> not to, not the to people sound- that live here we have to live here with each other on a daily basis. Not to sound like a dick, but they matter to you in your land. We're in America. America. American lives matter in America. Not to say that it's right to go out and kill you all. No. But, you know, you got some place to go when this ship goes down. Exactly. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you're, here, you're here on vacation. All hell breaks loose. We're getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> Check, please. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But, yeah, I wanted to make that point abundantly clear. I'm not just saying that American lives matter only. I'm talking about the people that live here, that we have to live, work, and socialize together on a daily basis. We have got to figure out a way to get get along without destroying our cities. I mean, now Black Lives Matter and the, the militant progressives, did you know that they um, have taken over a seven-block area in downtown Seattle? No, I did not know that. Yes. They're armed. Uh, the cops pulled out of a local precinct and left everything behind. So now these people are armed with police weapons and police body armor. Yeah, that's... That's a scary thought. That's rocket science. That is a scary fucking thought. And apparently, it was a city alderman opened the fucking doors. So you're going to have a bunch of untrained people walking around with weapons that they don't know how to use. Pretty much. Which which is why... Wow. Which is... <laughs> That deserves a fuck wow. (laughs) I might drink a beer if I had one. I've only got five. That's why I said if I had one. Besides, it's it's Budweiser and it's garbage. Um, Hey! (laughs) It's Budweiser and it's garbage. That's why I've been drinking it for 30 fucking years. Because it's garbage. Yes, it's horrible. You want good beer? Stella Artois. I can't even pronounce it. How hard is it to say Artois? <laughs> Sounds like Artois. <laughs> Artois. It's French, bitch. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll stick to my Budweiser. Yeah, you're that's your problem. I am. I, I am doing this on purpose, though. I've been alternating beer with water today because it's it's because of how it's stupid hot. It's it's like eighty nine degrees. The humidity is like 2 million percent. Well, actually, my phone right now is saying 82 degrees and 76 percent humidity. But it's also saying we got rain, so. Yeah. um, Right now, central Indiana feels like northern Florida. It's kind of bad. (laughs) Northern Florida without the Gulf or coastal breeze. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because if you got the Gulf Coast breeze, hell, shit, I can sit out there all day long. (laughs) But. It's it's plus you got a big body of water to jump into if you get hot. <laughs> see what you see what you mean, but um, I think we hit on all. We actually covered quite a lot very quickly today. Um, anything else you want to talk about or bring up? It's that time of it's that time of year again. Um, over the weekend, they had two guys go missing in Cumberland Lake in Kentucky, and they were recovered yesterday. And on Saturday, they had another. Another guy go missing at the Laurel Dam, and as they was trying to get out of the water, the dam opened up. They were on the they were swimming on the spillway side, and they opened up the dam. But according to witnesses, 
they didn't because you're supposed to sound the siren. They didn't sound the siren. They didn't sound the siren, and he and he got swept away trying to get back to shore. I don't remember if they found him yet. As of ten o'clock, as of ten o'clock this morning, they hadn't found him yet. But it's that kind of it's that kind of we're in that season. So if you go out play in the water, enjoy it, but respect it because water can kill you real easy. Yes, you know, like lakes and rivers and oceans. And even your backyard swimming pool. You have to respect it. So enjoy the water. Just be safe in it. Back to you. All right. I guess that's actually it today. A really short, really quick little podcast today. Yes. Just kept it linear, too. Anyways, like I said earlier, if you have anything you want to say to us, head over to us to our Facebook page at uh, Kitchen Conversation with Bubba J and Crash. Or you can head over to Twitter podcast underscore kitchen the kitchen conversation podcast is the handle over there you can also find me on facebook instagram and mines at crash down 321 cra5hd0wn321 and at crash d on twitter you can find bubba j it's a good time karaoke with Gloria and jerry on facebook and currently we are still down if you want to leave comments on it and I'll let you know when we can get a chance to get something going. But as of right now, with the COVID-19, we are closed. And uh, if you're listening to us on Spreaker, go ahead and leave a comment down below in the comment section. I actually replied to my first person on the Facebook page on the last episode that got posted. When we told him to shut up? <laughs> no. Actually, he's, what he said was, and I forget what his name was now, um, what he said was, I agree with almost everything you say, but Donald Trump's got to go. To which I replied, and put who in his place. Ah. You find me somebody right now who's better at doing the job than Donald Trump. Over day. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why? Because there'd be the very first hog roast on the White House lawn? I'm pretty sure they've had those before. I'm more afraid that there'll be the very first Russia roast. <laughs> Nuclear bombs. No, 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 no. Why not? That's why I don't want to be president. I know I'd push that button. I know I'd be sending them bitches off. No, but when they swore me into office, it'd be a bunch of rednecks with bluegrass instruments just having a fucking shing-ding party. We're going to have a cager. That works. (laughs) So, there'd be some issues if I got elected to the same. I have no desire to be to run for public office because I know I will be nuking shit proverbially and literally speaking um <laughs> on that note on that note <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and call it a day thank you for being here we appreciate you listening come on back give us a like give us a follow let you know when next time we're, we're here we may be two dudes sitting in the kitchen bitch. but sit in your kitchen start bitching have yourself a good conversation oh crack open another beer <laughs> <laughs>